I think that should start, that should just start being our, our theme. <laughs> Maybe around 2018, we'll get around to um, making a theme song. I'm just trying that one out. Uh, we're doing the best of 2017 television. Um, you and I were talking about this. I think we were watching something with Sam Esmail and Andy Greenwald. And, uh, it was that podcast. Yeah. I forget oh, no, that. no. It, we were watching it. Yeah, that's right. We were watching it. Was it was a video uh, podcast. You about, were watching it while I was driving. Right. And we were both kind of like shaking our heads going, what the actual fuck is happening on this podcast? And and I realized, you know, there's there's one thing where it's a matter of taste, and I do think that all lists of this kind are subjective. There's no question about it. That And then and when people want to sit on high and tell you what they think the best of the best is, I don't know. I kind of call bullshit on that. Like, this is why I think the Oscars are kind of bullshit, why the Emmys are bullshit. Yeah, any award show. I mean, I know that it's political. There's a lot of money behind it. But it, for me, as just a um, an average walking around person and consumer, I don't give a fuck. I mean, so many good things get made in a year. Pulling five or ten or one just seems, I don't know. I don't see the point of it. So we were going to approach this of not as a glorified top 10, top 20, top even 30. These are the the TV shows that stood out to me, stood out to you. Um, We're going to talk about the ones we didn't get around to, but we heard buzz on the street. Because there's so many wonderful shows out there that it really, I mean, it just takes a lot of time to consume this. And if you have a busy life, you may not get to something. Like, I haven't seen any of the movies from 2017. I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I haven't seen The Weight of Water. We didn't go to anything this year, did Nothing. we? Nothing. I think at the beginning of the year is when we went to see Get Out and Buster's Malheart. Literally the two films that we saw in the theater this year. So I'm not a big – I think for me it's just, you know, we're kind of on a budget. We pay so much for cable and streaming services. I don't want to go plunk down, you know, the cash. Get Out – actually, we saw Get Out on – on streaming. On streaming. I purchased it. Yeah. So we didn't even go to the theater to see that. Buster's Well Heart was the only one we went to. At the Limley, downtown Santa Monica. So there you wow. have it. I feel like we didn't go sit in the theater for something this year at that's, all. That's the only one. No one. Oh, that's so trippy. Was there – no, there was no Star Wars. No. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like there was one movie we went to see in the theater, but I can't remember what it was. Obviously not a memorable movie. So, so we're because again, I think it's a budgetary thing, and we also are homebodies, and also you know you just don't have to park and all that kind of shit. And if I'm going to drink in a movie theater, I mean you know the way I drink, I'm drinking at home. So I don't really know about the movies that happened this year. I mean I just got around to seeing Moonlight <laughs> two months ago. Uh, this is all about the TV, and like I said, I don't. I don't believe in ranking things, so this is not going to be, these are the exact order they should be consumed in. And if you don't agree, hey, I wouldn't, don't watch them. You know, nobody's paying me to to push these on you. This is just Ashlyn's way of, like, looking back at the 2007 um, and seeing what really popped for us. So these are, this first grouping is kind of our favorites. These are the ones that we were, like, either appointment watching... Uh, yeah, I think we were appointment watching these, uh, or would watch them all in one gulp if they came out in a gulp, right? So these are the ones that stood out. And again, in no particular order, as far as I'm concerned, they were all pretty fucking amazing in their own right. So top of my list here is going to be Twin Peaks, The Return. Uh, I know I know a lot of people uh, didn't like it. It's not getting near um, the buzz I thought it was going to get. The critics 
didn't seem to either understand it or care for it. But that would be a huge mistake because I don't think you can consume Twin Peaks like you would any other television show. So what what do you think the circles were that that really got into this? I think it's like diehard fans like me who who think they understand Lynch. I think I do by now. Um, I've been watching his shit since the eighties, and for me, this this return was a bookend uh, for me, and it was a it was a pretty historic one. I don't know if it's going to get recognized as such. I think some people agree with me that you know in nineteen ninety. When he put Twin Peaks on the air on ABC in primetime, all of us David Lynch fans were, uh, fans were sitting around going, "Does has ABC seen Eraserhead? I mean, are they do they are they are they smoking weed over there? Like it just seemed like it was a world of Falcon Quest and Dallas and you know the nine hundred two one zero kind of junk and and to see this to see this really out there weirdo director." Being allowed to put this TV show on primetime on ABC, I was like, holy shit. And yeah, season two was a little bit off the rails and uh, it kind of got scritchy, but it was just a delightful thing to see. And what it did is it, it paved the way for all of these great shows. I mean, it was groundbreaking. Uh, then you had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It laid track for the X-Files. David Chase got to come along and be weird and wacky and wonderful with Northern Exposure. You know, people, it was just kind of that, even though it was really tough for Lynch at the time uh, and for the writers and, and the producers of that show, it really broke some ground. And what I see with The Return is it, it's done it again. You know, I think it's challenging people to, to go out and, and make their weird little stuff or make their unusual stuff and not try to for you know, there's a lot of people are just breaking the mold. Um, but the master for me returned and put this amazing thing on cable uninterrupted, didn't have to flow with all of the soap opera shit that they had back in the ABC days and good or good or bad. That one thing right there made it a lot of people either really fucking love it or really fucking hate it. And I get the people who don't get Lynch. I get that. You know, you're you're busy, you've had a long day, you don't want to come home and try to figure out some huge abstract art piece that's just fucking lunatic, ball, crazy, nut, nut jobs. So, I get it. What did you feel about Twin Peaks? I don't think you were... I, I, I personally, I mean, I wasn't, I did not know about Lynch. I mean, I, I, mean, I heard, I mean, look, I, I don't know a lot of things, so... Uh, you know, <clears throat> you know what you know. Yeah, but I, I think you know. I saw I saw the f- uh, the first one with you, the f- that first season. Yeah, Ma- uh, the first I, two seasons. The first. Didn't you watch the the first two seasons, uh, like the original ones? Yeah, yeah. And then um, totally got into it, and it was and it and this this next one. And again, it it took me like the first time watching it. I I did not. I didn't finish it, but then I had I had more time to just think and digest, and then go through it again and liked it. Like then I fell in love with it. Yeah. And then with the return, even you railed through that way before I did, and I had to just get my mind into the. Um, I am. This is this is almost like thinking time. So I watched it later on after you, and then I watched it again with you, and it was again a very enjoyable experience. So I. Again, uh, yes. For this for this year, I think one of the best shows in 2017, if not the best one out there, was. Um, and I think Twin you know Peaks. what I think. Well, it'll it 
not only will it stand out in 2017, I think it's one of those shows that as it's consumed over time, um, I hope that people will start to see it for what it is. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it does hold. It's one of those shows that holds. He's not making something topical or contemporary. He's making his art the way he's always made it, and good, bad, or ugly, uh, by God, it's David Lynch. Yeah, and 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 I love his jam. I really do. It really it it challenges you to to think, even if you don't know what's going on. Hell, I don't. I sort of like in our podcast about it. I thought I figured it out, and again, I thought it ended on a positive note. I really fucking did. Um, I think Laura uh, reset the world. That's what I think happened. I don't know where uh, Audrey is, but hey, that was a disturbing part of it. That was weird, wasn't it? That, so that many whole, things. Like, what, what, what is she doing? Who's that dude? I think if I have to sit down, I think I need to sit down. and uh, She might have locked-in syndrome, maybe something traumatizing. Like she got raped by Agent Cooper, by bad, bad, uh, bad Agent Cooper. There's something around that. Second one would have to be for uh, Game of Thrones. Uh Game of Thrones season seven. Uh, a, I'm very frustrated with people who have stood behind this show season after season, and all of a sudden, when they started getting you know business handled and done, people got mad at the show. I don't know who you are. I don't know why you think that way, but that is just ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, I, I um, don't get that either. Again, it's like what I'm about to say about Mr. Robot coming up is that if you didn't have all of the seasons setting us up. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And I like that the pace is getting picked up. I like that we're just getting shit done. I like that we're not just, you know, traveling here and yawn and everywhere on, on these big, you know, Tolkien uh, quests. It's, you know, shit's fixing to get real. It is Game of Thrones and the it's the War of the Five Kingdoms. Yo, okay. Um, loved everything about it. Acting, you know, the craftsmanship they put into it. That these characters are old friends that we're feeling some pain. We're really feeling the gunmetal of the pain of the deaths, but all the deaths make sense. They're not just cheap pulls. Um, every single fucking episode is a masterpiece in a in a film and of itself. The money is well spent. Yeah, what they are what they're pulling off on just even the production, not even, but just the production end Absolutely. is just fucking brilliant. Yeah, but it, but it's, we're enjoying it. It's not like they get to set records and, and pat themselves on the back. We're actually enjoying the storytelling. Yeah. So I love that. The loot train stuff. We'll get into the best episodes in a minute, but yeah, definitely Game of Thrones. Oh, so better call Saul. Again, um, I, I have my beef with AMC, but I love uh, the show. And I enjoy – I forget about it. Like I don't – it kind of falls off my radar and I don't really think about it a whole lot uh, like I do with other shows. But when when it's on air and it's happening well, – Yeah, we actually uh, – we, we appointment watched that. I'm so engrossed in it. Yeah. Um, I so love this show. I love the characters and I like what they did this, uh, this last season with Michael McKeon. Um, He's just fucking brilliant, man. I don't know why Michael's not getting nominated. And I love I love Bob. I think Bob should get all the Emmy nods. And again, I don't give a shit about those things. But the recognition for Michael McKeon, I don't think it's out there. And it's it's up to say the the level that it's been for Jonathan Jonathan Banks and Bob Odenkirk, and you know even for Nacho. You know that yeah. actor doesn't get as much shout out. Giancarlo Esposito is back, and he's wonderful, and we're loving him. It just I enjoy the show. It's so very yeah. well done. And it's again Gilligan and Gould. I, I they have, do their own thing and it's amazing. I have a feeling that people, people why people aren't as into it as 
Well, there's a lot of shit going on in the world right now that well, could be. <laughs> yeah, but I think what they're doing, I think maybe this is what's happening, is that people are saying, oh, it's not Breaking Bad. It's not like that. Could be. Could and be. it's like it doesn't need to be Breaking Bad. No. It's not Breaking Bad. And again, I don't even see it as a spinoff. I just see no, it as yeah. another show. Another, another show. Yeah, exactly. I don't even see it as a spinoff because, no. I mean, uh, uh, Jimmy McGill uh, – is is not uh, is not Saul Goodman. This it's way before he became Saul. It's him becoming yeah. it. He's a totally different character. And it's the Breaking Bad of a different ilk, and it's a Breaking Bad in a different way. I'm 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 totally here for it. I love it. I like it. Um, of course, Mr. Robot. We love that show. Um, I, you know, we've in all of our robot podcasts. I don't understand the hate or confusion over season two. Without season two, we wouldn't be here at season three with a lot of this amazing shit going down. Um, and I, I, this is a show that I am still sitting here looking up theories on Reddit and, and having my own thoughts about it. Like, you know, that Mandela effect that was in play with the Shazam movie and all of these kind of false memories and how, you know, Elliot misremembers being pushed or jumping out the window and being corrected by Darlene. And what's, what's the bigger picture that, again, I'm still trying to work out the puzzle that Sam is saying we're missing something. I don't think the big miss is that Angela is Price's daughter or any of those kinds of things. I think, you know, there's somebody on Reddit was onto the theory that when Elliot is talking to us, that we have a role to play in this, that we are uh, possibly, you know, watching him remember something, that somehow this whole thing, we're a part of that. Um, and I can't wrap my mind exactly around how that could work or what that is, but I do find all of these theories fascinating. It's one of those shows where I get it. I get like I, I was begging my cousin to watch it, and her son was telling her, you've got to watch Mr. Robot. Watch Mr. Robot. And she sat down and watched it, and she was like, dude, this thing is really heavy and really dark, and especially right now with all the shit that's going on, I don't feel like I'm escaping. I feel like this is like a lot. I have to really get myself braced for this. Whereas I feel the opposite. I love the show. Um, and we would just, I mean, just the fact that it comes on 10 o'clock here on the West coast on Wednesday night, just begs the shit out of me. Yeah. That that's, that's one of those. Um, Cause I'm just jumping up. Yeah. And down. Yeah. That's hey, you guys over at USA. You got to fucking fix that for us. West coast. I mean, cause your numbers are down and we know it's not going to get taken off the air. The air, they have season four coming up, but, for fuck's sake, make it easier to watch, it's, guys. It's it's AMC you and could it's use USA it. who are yeah. doing this because HBO when it hit when Game of Thrones hits East Coast nine o'clock yeah six oh one we can watch that thing. What so are y'all doing, motherfuckers? It's not a logistics problem, right? So anyway, um, but this this is a, a show that I sit around and I think about what could be going on with Elliot and how are they going to you know now we have an integrated character fighting the dark army what are the twists and turns going to be what is the big thing we're missing what is the hadron collider is it the flux capacitor that white rose is making and is this all just metaphors and themes and allegories and blah 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 i don't know and that's what i love about it that i don't know and i love me some sam ismail for making the show possible and have it on the er, the leftovers. Okay, so we listened to the book on tape. We were kind of like meh at the end of it. Season one. Season one was was the pretty book. much the book. Yeah, yeah it's like meh. It's interesting. I love me some end of the world kind of rapturey kind of stuff. I love that kind of junk. Um, season two. Oh my god, was 
awesome. Had probably one of the best episodes on television when he goes into the in-between world, their version of the Upside Down, um, and deals with Patty. Oh, and the well? Oh, my God. Dude. Dude. And then they brought that feeling back for season three, the, the series finale. Holy shit. Like, every episode felt like that Patty episode. Every fucking episode. Oh, my God. And I like how they resolved it. And I feel like it was Lindelof got justified because the network made him drag Lost on and on and on. I feel like Lindelof came along and, and just went, see, I can wrap up a show in three years and get it done. So eat a dick, right? So yeah. That's what he did. I feel like that's what he did with that show. Uh, American Gods. Oh, my God. Again, yeah, another one where we oh. we were we went through on the book and then the and we saw how it played out on on screen. Mm-hmm. It, it was mind-blowing. And the book was pretty fucking good. The book was awesome. Yeah, and so to have Gaiman, it's really funny. People have tried to interpret Gaiman before uh, to the screen with various results, but I thought this was a beautiful adaptation by Brian Fuller. Unfortunately for all of us, Brian Fuller isn't attached to season two, which I don't know. Yeah, I'm get a, little, a Lindelof, get somebody. I'm a but little worried about that. Fuller is what he did with this was one of my favorite things that happened on television. So Fuller not being involved, I hope they can work it out, or they find someone. I mean, who's going to be up to that ilk? I don't know because this is what Fuller does. This is his. This is his magic. The casting on that was amazing oh my god! The, the, from Wiki Whittle um, to um, uh, the porn stash, the porn stash, uh, Shriver, yeah. uh, everybody on here was amazing. Um, dead wife, what was her name? Uh, Emily, some, some, some. I don't have all their names memorized, but anyway, it's kind of right in front of me. So it would be yeah, Ricky Whittle, Emily Browning, Pablo Shriver, Ian McShane, Crispin Glover. Uh, technical boy is Bruce Langley. Yeah, Teddy but uh, Badaki as Bilquis. Jillian Anderson. How amazing was she? Yeah. Woo, girl. That's right. Crispin Glover was in that. Demore Barnes, Mr. Ebus. I love him. Chris Obi, Anubis, Omid Abti, Salim. Uh, that whole storyline. And um, well, uh, what's his name? Orlando uh, Jones. Storm- oh, Orlando Jones. Is. Shit, anger gets shit yeah. done. Oh, he's a Nancy. Nancy, yeah. Um, oh, and 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 um, Storm Stormmere, right? Peter Stormmere, yeah. Chernabog, Chern- yeah. Oh my gosh, Cloris Leachman, Musa Kresh, who plays uh, the Jin. I mean, see, that's that's one I, I I kind of like to I'd like to go through that again before yeah. season two comes out. It's just fun. And and hope that we're not watching it going shit. Remember mm-hmm. when season one was amazing and season two was like I can't shit on something before it hasn't been made though. That happens all too often. So they know what they're doing. They know what they have in their hand. I just why the fuck would you let go of Brian Fuller? Unless he's like wanting to bite the heads off of chickens, give him what he wants. Um Smilf, can we talk about Smilf? It's not even done yet. We haven't even really Yeah. Um I think the last one airs around New Year's Eve because we're we are right here at, we're at Christmas Eve Eve as we record this one for 2017. It's just from from episode one. It's been amazing. I'm so proud of Frankie Shaw, um, writing, producing, directing, show running this thing, and how honest and gritty and lovely and amazing Smilf is. So I can't wait. Seasons two's uh, already been slated. So yay. 
I love Frankie in this. I love all the other people in it too. Yeah. Rosie. Know, Rosie's amazing. amazing. Um, I'm trying to pull up this. I'm going to pull this up because I'm going to give a shout out to a couple of these people. Um, I don't know. Top on the top rider. While I'm talking to y'all on the microphone. The person that, uh, well, I love Rafi. Um, Miguel Gomez. Um, Larry. Did you know this? That Larry is on a Chanel Rhymer. I think Larry's a girl. I, something like that, because I, I I know I I, I follow Rosie on on um, huh. on Twitter, and it's like a twin as well. Yeah, they have to. They normally use twins. Yeah. So I think it's so weird. Um, yeah, and Alexandra May Rhymer. They're both these two girls are um, play Larry, Blake Clark. Just these little pieces of Blake Clark as Joe, um, Tutu's. Oh yeah, boyfriend with uh, you know his bag. I love him. He's amazing. Uh, Raven Goodwin. Raven Goodwin plays um, Bridget's best friend, and I I love her so much, and also love Samara uh, Weaving as Nelson. I love Nelson. The way the show is just. The way they approach storytelling and relationships between women, uh, they're not doing the typical pitting against each other, which is why I'll get to a one that I think is overrated later. But yeah, I can't say enough about Smelf. Um, this next one kind of snuck up on me. Like everybody kept saying, this show, watch the show, watch the show. And I'm talking about like the people I kind of listen to. So Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Oh my God, y'all. I mean, I remember seeing, hold on, let me pull up, like, I don't even know who created this show. I know it stars Jonathan Groff, who was from, I saw him on Glee, and I was like, oh, I like that guy. I know he's a big, um, he's a big Broadway guy, you know, he's he's nailed down some Tonys. But uh, the creator is Joe uh, Pennell, and I think Joe actually wrote the book that the series is based on, if I'm not mistaken. And it's uh, it's Jonathan Groff as Holden Ford, and Holt Ma, uh, Ma, is it McCallany as Bill Tench. And I'm like, where have I seen Bill before? Where have I seen this guy? And he's uh, he's a, one of the prominent players, toward of like sort of toward the end of Fight Club. Yeah, that's right. One of the you know he's one of the Project Mayhem guys, right? Um, wonderful cast. I mean, just a wonderful cast. And and then all of the guys who played the the killers and the. The serial killers. Yeah, those guys were good. Um, they really brought those characters to life in a way that was just creepy. Every one of those guys who played a serial killer just nailed it. Um, we got Anna Torf, uh, if you remember her from Fringe, and then you've got uh, Cotter Smith. He plays Unit Chief uh, Shepard. But yeah, the guys who play, who are these guys? The guy, oh, here we go. Cameron Britton, he plays Edmund Kemper. Kemper. He's yeah. the one who, you know, cut his mom to pieces or whatever. Cut all the heads off the ladies. Um, who played this is the guy I was trying to look up. He played Richard Speck. He's the guy with the shoes, right? No, Richard Speck was the guy who threw the bird into the fan. Oh, okay. Okay. Jack Erty. Yeah. Oh anyway. Get get yourself to Netflix and watch Mindhunter. Yeah, um, you'll you'll rail through it. I mean I like again, you watched it before me, and then I've 
picked it up. No, I watched one episode. I was halfway through. I was 20 minutes into episode one and went, I have to stop watching this right now because you and I need to start yeah. watching this right now. And then now. I watched the first episode with you, and I didn't go on to two, and you finished it. And then several days later, it was like I was up all night yeah. railing through the, the next nine. It's so nuts. Um, again, everybody raved about this one, and it deserves all of the rave. It's The Handmaid's Tale. Um, they took Atwood's book. I remember reading it the first time around and it, it making me angry and shaking me a bit back in the day when I read it in what, the 80s or 90s. Watching the modern twist and update on it in this current time. I remember watching this because early in the year when it came out, when we were just getting our um, kind of collective feet underneath us in this country. And, and, and this is probably the way my cousin feels about watching Mr. Robot. I sat there watching this going, I don't know if I'm being entertained right now. I think this is just scaring the shit out of me. Because every night that we would like sit and watch the new episode of Handmaid's Tale, I was having a hard time going to sleep. Because this is not far-fetched. Like, at fucking all. When we read it back in the past, it was like this dystopian future. This update of it, I was like, and we've seen some Handmaid's Tale shit just go oh, down. Yeah. The other night, uh, you know, the, the conversation between Maddow and, and Joy Reid. Yeah. She was like, I don't know what's more upset. Upsetting is something was going on or this Handmaid's Tale uh, story that's going on. Yeah. We just keep saying it. So, yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, shitting my pants aside, really good television. Elizabeth Moss, Samara Wiley from Orange is the New Black. Uh, and on and on. The cast is stellar. Uh, the Americans didn't get a whole lot of love this year, but every every single season, the Americans holds it down. Matthew Reese gets nominated. Nothing happens there. Uh, sometimes Carrie Russell gets a nod. doesn't matter, again, what's getting an award or whatever, but it's just good television. It, yeah, it's it not is. dumbing yeah. it down for you. It's It's talking about... And it's oh, well, speaking of the times, it's interesting to look at that place in time compared to now. And you can't help but watching the show and thinking about where we are because we literally had this embedded Russian family here to to pretend to be Americans, and and you see what's happening to their children and to themselves um, in the country. It, it's it's probably even more probably relevant. Than it ever has been. And the writing keeps getting better and better and better. So the Americans up there. Still going to stay up there. Insecure. Um, Issa Rae's show. Once again. Second season. Just as strong as the first I think. I just love this show. I don't know what I like most. I like the comedy is just so flies at you. Between um, I think Issa wrote, writes the majority of it. But she gets some help from Larry Wilmore. Um, I love these characters. I love these relationships. I love being in this world with these guys. I love the way they dress. Um, I just, I feel good when I have, um, insecure on and I don't feel insecure at all. Uh, the keepers totally shifting of gears. This is a docu, um, series that was on Netflix about the, uh, the murdering of a nun and uh, another girl in kind of the climate in this one town in, I want to say, the 60s, 70s uh, surrounding a murder. And how the, the, the documentarian filmmakers actually worked this out. They actually, how they 
they actually pretty much figure out who murdered um, this nun and this other girl. But that's one of the stories, and that is, but it's not the story. It's the culture, it's the climate of the times. Um, the way the show is done is very disturbing, but it's not trying to do it in a shock value kind of way. I know a lot of true crime stuff. I don't, it sounds like I like true crime. I really don't. And I tend to avoid it because I, I, def, I feel like weird being entertained by someone's death and somehow. Like I can't watch Zodiac or I feel weird about those kinds of things. Just It's just a personal thing. I'm not passing judgment on anyone else. But when it serves to shed some light on or find some justice for uh, filmmaking, like what Errol Morris does um, in another one that's coming up that I'll mention, uh, Wormwood, I can just mention these two back-to-back because they both – they have the same result where because the filmmakers have the time and maybe the resources or they're taking the time, they're not looking at it from law enforcement. uh, And again, they have resources. They can go and like get to the bottom of something. And maybe you don't know the final answer, but you get pretty damn fucking close in Wormwood. They, they do. They, they, they figure it out. I think, well, they get as close as you possibly can. Um, And they're both, I hate to use the word. It's not a good word, but it, it is truly the word. Uh, in both cases of the Keepers and in Wormwood, uh, the execution is key. It's it's how they they illustrate their points and how they get there. Yeah, I want to I want to see those those two. I haven't. Yeah. Been able you to. know, it's not it's not a good time kind of watch. Again, I watch some pretty dark shit, so it's not like I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to get some popcorn and sit down and watch Wormwood about this. You know, the scientist who gets thrown out of a thirteen. 13- Four floor window in New York who worked on some secret project during the Korean War. <laughs> Yay! Or like, hey, let's go find the, out who killed this nun and all the grisly things that were done to, to young girls at the time. So, um, and boys. So yeah, those are, those are two that really stood out to me as being uh, responsible filmmaking that didn't make me feel like I was um, rubbernecking. You know, I felt um, I was part of seeing some justice being done. And then switching over to Rick and Morty, uh, the second season, after a long wait, like, a, what, a year and a half from season one to season two, um, you weren't a big – you're not a big animated uh, film guy, I mean, animated series I'm not, guy. I mean, I, I, I liked um, King of the Hill, but I've never seen a whole season all the way through, just right. episode, whatever's you know. You're not a big Bob's Burgers guy. I don't think you ever really got into Archer either. I didn't get into Archer. I Again, with Bob's Burgers, like, you'd be playing it, so I'd watch an episode, then I'd walk out of the room. Sure. You know, but, but Rick and Morty. Gotcha, like. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't right off the bat. I mean, it, it took a little a little to get a little into season one. It's, it's like, I think it's around episode four of season one where you go, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm not watching. Yeah. I'm not watching any of that other stuff. I'm watching this. And then once season two hit, you know, once I started it, I, I just railed. You know, it's one of those ones where you just you gonna you got to keep watching it till the end. Yeah, that's Justin Roiland. He's doing something special, and you know, obviously with the influence of Dan Harmon. But I, I put that all on Justin, the the creator. There's a real person in there. Good a, shit. An insane person, but who knows? Better things. Loved it. Um, you didn't get a chance to see this season. Uh, Pamela Adlin did some uh, amazing shit this season. Unfortunately for Pamela, um, her friend Louie, uh, he, he got into some deep shit by being uh, a perverted uh, masturbator who also tried to silence people into talking, you know, out of talking about it. 
So, yeah, this was the year of, um, for those playing at home, a lot of people were like, holy shit. Like, I mean, who was on, who was on the list? It was Weinstein, and then it was Spacey, and then it's Lucy Kay, and then Charlie fucking Rose, and Garrison fucking Keeler, and... Then all of the idiots who are trying to defend them, like Matt Damon, I'm like, just it's so easy just to say nothing, guys. Just don't cross the street to be a dickhead. Um, so yeah, it's been the year of the douchebag, and there's also been a couple of women offenders as well. But um, for, and the bad news about that is Pamela, she fired um, Dave Becky, who repped, who was one of the people who suppressed the the women who was talking about Lewis masturbating in front of them all those years ago. She fired him, but she's still, like, really pissed off because the show is so woman-centric. It's so about women and motherhood and how, you know, how it sucks and how it's a joy and how it's the most horrific thing on the planet. And to have this, you know, Louis bullshit associated with her thing, I'm sure she probably punched him a couple of times. And it's probably – every time she'll see Louis for the rest of her life, she'll probably continue to try to be friends with him and love him but punch him in the dick, you know? <laughs> Which is probably what I would do. I'm like, I love you, Louie, but I'm going to punch you in the dick every time I see you and you need to apologize like all the time, you know, and maybe do something for those women in comedy that you repressed, you know. I don't know how you repair these things. I don't think there's an even match, you know, because reality is not like the scripted screen. So I don't know. But suffice it to say, Better Things on FX was really fucking good. Um, Master of None came back. Aziz Ansari's, was this the second season, maybe? Um, yeah, I feel like it's the second season, correct? If only there was a thing that we could look that up. No. I know that um, Master of None. Here we go. I didn't prepare a whole lot on this. This is, yeah, second season. Second the first season. one was in 2015, so there was a two-year wait, and now it was back. And I liked where it went. I liked... Um, what he did, and he's just talking about his life. For me, this season was less about Aziz and more about the other people in his life, specifically about Lena Waithe's character. Um, she really, you know, popped for me. And then his, uh, his friend, Arnold. So it was about Denise and Arnold for me more. Um, and although I cared about Dev a little bit, I kind of fell off toward the end of the season when, you know, the, him and the Italian broad started like falling in love. I kind of glazed over. I mean, I'm happy for Aziz that, you know, we're getting to see, uh, this brown man hook up with this beautiful Italian woman. You know, we need to see that kind of shit on television for fuck's sake. We need, we need to see it with a lot of Asian people too. But I, I love that was, that was, that was there and it's out there and that's great. But it really was just all about uh, Denise and Arnold a little bit, you know. Although, no disrespect to Aziz. It's a hell of a, a, hell of a series. And uh, the parents, too. I love anything with yeah, the parents. Yeah, parents, yeah. Any of the parents. Um, next was Legion. And again, this is not the – there's no order. I could, have, I, I could watch all these on different days and feel different things about them. But Legion, um, I would have to say I really, really enjoyed Legion. Um, you didn't get a chance to see it. Wait, I think I, I did. It's the isn't it the superhero one? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. They're all they all have kind of a thing. Yeah. See now it's you told me you were just swearing up and down. Yeah, I mean. And the reason I and the reason we love it is because of Noah Hawley and he did Fargo. He's the one who's been doing the Fargos. So, 
Uh, and I love this. this is a great use of Dan Stevens. Um, I love Rachel Keller in this. Um, Aubrey Plaza, Bill Irwin, Amber Midhunter, 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 I don't know, I like your name, Jeremy Harris, Gene Smart, amazing, and on and on and on. I love the series. You know, it's just wackadoo. Yeah. It's just really wackadoo and, and very well done. And it didn't feel like typical, you know, um, superhero. Mm-mm. It wasn't. It wasn't Marvel comic up. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know. You know. I mean, I love me some Punisher, and I love Jessica Jones, and I, I can, I can pop into me some superhero stuff every once in a while. I can't really live there though. See, this was this was more more Jessica Jones than um, yeah, than the other television like than Punisher or yeah. And some people love their they love Daredevil their, or anything like that. Some people love their they love their all out action. They just need just, just just the beautiful effects and stuff like that. There are people who just love Justice League. They love that kind of stuff because it's just fun and it's a romp. I just I need me a little bit more cerebral shit. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than you or better than you. I'm just saying that's how I like my steak cooked, right? Uh, halt and catch fire. We are still trying to finish out this uh, season, but I got to tell you so far, for a show that I, I think I was just on the AMC train, it was like, well, we pay for this, and I had the app. And I think something had come off the air, like maybe a Walking Dead when I started watching Halt and Catch Fire. And it kind of grabbed me from the very beginning. We saw season one together mm-hmm. a few years back. I remember that. And then I just didn't have the bandwidth to watch. Well, you have a – apparently I'm the one who sits at home with a head jack and watches a lot of television. I mean, but it's also kind of part and parcel. But the do. thing is, like, you were watching it last night and and we were like – I just dropped in somewhere in the middle of this yeah. season. And it, I mean, just the the characters and and what was going on, really, it it drew me in. So this is so. their, I mean, so it ran for this is the fourth season. This is the series finale that we're watching. Uh, we just we just hit the big episode. Now you saw the spoiler alert before you got into this list, and we're not trying to spoil things, but we will accidentally spoil things. So please understand that if you haven't seen any of these shows, <laughs> I won't spoil it for you. Something big happens in in the in season four that did not feel cheap and, and made us feel some things. Yeah. The show sometimes, I mean, I, I feel like some of these characters are a little weepy and mopey and whatever, but aren't creatives like that. I think they get that right about them. I do roll my eyes at people like this sometimes and go, Jesus. Well, well maybe like, you know, just a, a little chomp on some scenery. It's not like yeah. sucking it to the bone. No, they're not like, you know, true detective season two chomping with just the fonts are left on the screen and yeah. nothing else. Um, like Lee Pace in this. I like Lee in a lot of stuff. I like him too. I yeah. Mean, the Fall, like he was great. Oh my God. And just anything. You know, he can play an elf. He was a vampire <laughs> in like those Twilight movies and I still liked him. Even though it's hard Twilight? to take. Yeah, it's hard to take anybody in those movies. Wasn't Rami in Twilight? Yeah, Rami was uh, one of the Egyptian vampires in like a part two of something that had Dawn <laughs> in the title. I don't know. Um, Scoot McNary, I love him as Gordon. He's wonderful. Mackenzie Davis, Cameron. Cameron can kind of bug me sometimes. But she's kind of gone, grown out of her emo phase. Um, Carrie Bechet is Donna, obviously. Toby Huss, we love him as Bosworth. He's probably my favorite character on the yeah. show. Gotta love Toby. Who was in Buster's Heart? Everybody knows everybody. So yeah, Halt and Catch Fire on AMC. The Girlfriend Experience. Am I the only one talking about the show? I saw the first one. Um, it's on... What's, what's it on? 
Stars. Again, we got stars because I do watch Outlander and I do watch American I wanted to watch Gods. American Gods. And so on Stars was the girlfriend experience. And I'm like, well, we we're paying for this. I'm not going to cancel it just yet. And ended up watching the first season that was, uh, it's produced by Soderbergh. And um, who is it created by? I have to look this up. But I'm telling you, this year they're doing something interesting. Ollie's leaning away from the mic. I'm off the mic right now looking things up. So the girlfriend experience from 2016. Huh. Well, the creators are Lodge Kerrigan and Amy uh, Siemens, who does a lot of the uh, writing and, and directing and heavy lifting. This season, they're following the stories of two escorts. But the season one was this all-American girl um, from a very nice family going to high-end college, working in a high-pressure job as a, an intern, and how she becomes a call girl or, or gets into being like a high-end escort. And then the second season is splitting off and telling uh, two women's stories each week. So it's like a two-for-one. Do they know season. each other? No. They're completely unrelated stories. And equally fascinating in their own right. Um just suffice to say, girlfriend experience. If you sat and there's also something hypnotic about the way they shoot it, the production design, the sound design. Like there's no real music in the show. It's just like sort of sound noise, ambient. I don't know. It's so hard to describe. And just the look of the show, the coolness of the show, the down to the dressing. It's very uh, stylized and I like it. It's, again, dark shit, but, and also, if you are freaked out by sex and sexual things, I wouldn't go near it with a 10-foot pole if I were you. The uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I saw the pilot during pilot season on Amazon and went, oh my God, I, this is good shit. And then we had to wait a while to see uh, it come back around. Um, But this is... um, should have these pulled up. The Marvelous Mrs. Mabel. Gilmore Girls. Who was that chick? Oh, Gilmore Girls. Um, I'm blanking. Amy yeah. Sherman um, Palladino. Yeah, that's it. So I'm so surprised at this cast. But really the, the star of this show is uh, – I don't know how to say your last name, Rachel – Brosnahan, Brosnahan, Brosnahan. She plays um, Midge, is a, a 50s housewife, Jewish housewife, who becomes a stand-up comedian or is trying to become a stand-up comedian. And Alex Borstein, who's a big friend of Amy's, she was on Gilmore Girls. She played some strange, uh, funny roles on there, is back. Uh, Michael Zegan is Joel Mizell. I love him as that, or Maisel. Uh, the parents, you've got Marion Hinkle, you've got Tony Shalhoub, you've got Bailey DeYoung, you've got, you know... I like Tony Shalhoub. Oh, he's wonderful in this. Everybody, everybody uh, Mateo Pascal, it, it, on and on and on. Wonderful cast. It's the same kind of hard-hitting, fast-paced comedy that you hear on Gilmore Girls, only done through a very, very, very Jewish... I like how the Gilmore Girls were like very shiksa, very, um, you know... Fon, 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 upper crusty. This is like Amy got a chance to just be like all up in the Jew land and having a good time with all of that. It's just deliciously so like that. Like if transparent were funny 
or watchable anymore. Um, so then Veep. Veep was really good. Veep was, it just never ceases to, uh, it, you, you're entertained every single time. It was a strong season. It's one of those shows where it gets all of these nods and awards for a reason. Um, not to, you know, and obviously now it's star is battling cancer. We're thinking about Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, want you to beat this. Need you back to finish out. I think that series finale is going to happen next. Which they put off production so she can get her treatment. And I uh, want to see those guys come back. You watched it a little bit. I watched, again, it's one of those ones where I just popped in and out of different um, episodes. And so, laugh and go, that's funny, and then forget that you watched it. Yeah, I, right. I, I, didn't, I, I don't even know what's going on. But I know the characters. And, right. Yeah. I mentioned Wormwood. Um, you, went, you found this show, and I started watching it with you, and it was one of those we stayed up all night long watching, was Alias Grace. This is another Atwood um, book adaptation. That is, she just knows how to write about the troubled lives of women, does she not? Yeah. At, at a specific time and place. Um, this is in, what, Canada? I don't know the time period. Yeah, Canada. I, I, again, Old-timey fucking days. Yeah, I think um, probably around revolution. No, 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 no. Maybe later than that. Again, I don't know, I don't know the timeline. How did you find it? Um, it was just on, on Netflix. What drew you to it? This wouldn't seem like something that you would ever no, just go, I, I, I want to watch this. I think you had mentioned it and then you said it was at what I was like, oh, okay. So I was up one night and I just started watching it. Um, Sarah Gaddon plays Grace Marks beautifully. Um, and you have Edward Holcroft as Dr. Simon Jordan and then Rebecca Lydiard as Mary Whitney Wonderful cast. I like the writing, and and I, when I saw who was putting this together, I was like, "Oh, I get it." Because this is uh, this is Sarah Polly. Um, they she wrote it along with Atwood, so between Polly and Atwood, they were able to. Um, that's why it feels so Atwoody, and then it has this kind of other lilt to it that's, that's Polly. And the entire series, uh, the six episodes, it was directed by Mary Heron. I had a little bit of a problem with the pilot. I thought the pilot was a little janky. Um, some pilots can be. But the rest of the series was just, it's it settled down almost immediately and just became just a just a fast rip. And it felt longer than six seasons in a good way. I mean, six episodes in a yeah, good way. Yeah, it did. I'm surprised it was only six. That's it, right. It felt longer. It just, I mean... From the beginning, the whole just the the narration, the storytelling, I it just I was already there. Um, so now I'm going to pick up a little bit of pace, and and we're going to kind of rip through uh, the rest of these. Did I mention Fargo? Fargo was really good uh, this season. Not I wasn't as blown away as the other seasons. I liked more of the storyline of the girlfriend and the deaf guy. I'm not going to look it up. I'm going to slow us down. Well, I mean, essentially, we liked it. All of it except you and McGregor. I didn't really. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't feeling you and McGregor. And you also, know. the bad guy with the steel toothpick was. Uh, and I, although I love that actor Thulis, I. Mm, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I really it's a bit wasn't. Heavy. I like the, the 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 little Asian guy. Yes. And his his um his big Russian counterpart. Uh, he was, they, see, I could have watched this show about those two guys tracking down the other two guys. 
all day long. Yeah. The rest of it I couldn't have cared less about. Um, the Deuce, David Simon is back. Um, the Wire guy, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal can bug me. Uh, and this, though, you know, she turns in her uh, in a fine performance. But all the other characters on there, it's a great ensemble cast. It's a fascinating piece of history. Um, again, they don't do anything halfway on that team. So HBO, Simon, all those guys, they just made something really look gritty like it is. Can't wait for season two. It's a little bit, you know, James Franco. I don't, just a little bit of James Franco, man. He's a horseradish. I just can't take a whole lot of him. Yeah. And he's playing fucking twins. I'm just like, but, you know, I think they're just keeping him reined in so he doesn't just chew down all of the fucking... You know, everything. Because he's one of those chompers, too. Um, Stranger Things 2. It's not way down on the list because I didn't like it. It's just that I watched a bunch of shit. And like I said, this could have been number two if I just finished watching it yesterday. Uh, But it's been a while since I binged it. I thought it was good. I thought it was an excellent season two from season one. Not your cup of tea. You didn't really get through Stranger Things 1. No, for some reason, I just... I watched the pilot, and then I didn't go on from there. You weren't back there. I thought they did a hell of a job. It was fun. It's a fun show. Um, Sometimes I do find myself kind of drifting and checking my phone. Uh, But I like where it landed, and I like these kids. I think they're all very, very talented. I love Gaten. He's my favorite. Um, The Crown, too, still getting through. I I feel like it's going to be bomb when I get through it. I haven't totally finished it. Uh, Shameless. Hey, here's another thing. Watching Shameless right now, it hasn't concluded. That show is freaking amazing. I love those characters, and I like where the show is headed. There hasn't been a bum season in the pack for me. There hasn't been a rough patch. It's just one of those old favorites that I return to. This is season eight now, and those those people just make me laugh my ass off. Everybody. This year, it's Steve Howey. It's Kev finding out he's a hillbilly. That those episodes just enough alone make me love this entire season. Emmy's uh, directing a lot of them. Emmy Rossum, Sam Ismail's a wife, uh, but everybody on that cast, every single damn one of them, um, I'm enjoying. Normally, you know, I enjoy William H Macy less on the show. I don't know why, because I, I he's a sweetheart. He's a very very talented powerhouse, but that character tends to rub me the wrong way this season. Um, they've given him a little, they've given him a new layer. He's not just, you know, a drug addict doing shenanigans. He's like on this enlightenment path, Yeah, he's right? on this, you know, now that my wife is, you know, past, I can be the my, the real me that I was supposed to be in my, you know, 40s. So he's trying to recapture his mid-youth. Uh, Harlots, kind of passed unnoticed on Hulu, uh, with Samantha Morton in the lead. Wonderful ensemble cast. Did you finish it? Yeah, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I hope they bring it back. It's one of those shows like Mozart in the Jungle where you go, oh, yeah, that show's fucking fun and enjoyable and entertaining. Uh, Blackish has had some really standout episodes this season. It's not a show that I've sat and watched from start to finish because I don't watch um, a lot of networky shows. I don't, I don't know. I grew up just being inundated with network, and now that I have, we have all this cable stuff, I, th- I just don't tend to gravitate toward it but blackish has been as usual um finger on the tempo while also without being too preachy they can still be funny and say you know aren't things fucking horrible and aren't you know there are a lot of racist motherfuckers in the world the young pope now this is one that's weird 
I don't know what I think about this one, but it is an, it is just as odd as you can probably get for HBO. It's almost like if Lynch were Italian. It's such a strange. I think I also had to be Catholic to get some of this. But just as a, you know, outsider looking in, it was hypnotic, especially where it ended. You know, Jude Law is, I can't, like, I wanted, I thought this was going to be some sinister little boy touching, you know, indictment of the Catholic Church or whatever, because we're so used to this kind of path that they go down. Um, yeah, Was you, Jude Law good in he's this? He's wonderful in it. And the story is just, like I said, it's hypnotic. I don't even really – I have to watch it again to know what I watched. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you decide to, to, to put, go through that again, I'll, I'll sit down do and it. watch it with you. I think I liked it. I just – I'm not a big Jude Law fan. Yeah, me neither. I, I kind of I, – I kind of sort of – I can't do it. Like I, I, will, I, will, I, will tend, I will steer away from him like I steer away from Franco. Yeah, it's like the big pile of white dudes over in the corner that they keep putting in stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really – that's not what I gravitate toward. Just enough, okay? I've seen years and years of it. So if I can look some, look at something interesting, that's why I love Rami Malek and you know Aziz and and Riz Khan and all these you know Marshall Ali. You know these guys are getting out there. Not just and look, I'm not just watching this stuff because they black and brown. I'm just saying, I want to see something different and unusual. Like I'm sick of Idris Elba. I love you to death, dude, but I don't really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bro, yeah. turn something down. I just, you know, I want to see. <laughs> let other people pull it do back that. a little bit. Fuck, man. So you don't got to be in everything. Do you have to be in everything? <laughs> and I, you know, like Matthew McConaughey. Do you have to just go sit by your pool, count your money? Stop. Um, that's why I cannot see the dark tower. Bojack Horseman. As much as Will Arnett for me is really, really hard, he's he's one that I can't almost not do. Like him, live action, I loved him in Arrested Development, and now I'm done. I don't want to ever see him in anything. I don't know why. I feel like he is just a big what asshole. What was that one that, that he did? They were in Venice? Flake yeah, or whatever it like was. That. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Get a mirror. Self- but you know what the crazy shit is? Is that that's what Venice is that's what Venice is like now. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and you grew up when it was like something different. You just get your head cracked in. But Back now, in the day, when you get woo. your head cracked in, now you'll just you'll hear about somebody's kombucha recipe. But no, I just uh, Bojack Horseman is it's a very unusual series because it it probably is one of the most realistic takes about the business out there, and they do it with cartoon animals. Um, and every season so far. They have a profound episode, and they had that this season. For me, it's less about what happens to BoJack and more kind of, um, kind of the overall story they're telling about the industry. Um, and they have some really dark shit on here. They do some really dark, dark, dark things on this show. Um, so I appreciate it for what it is. Also, Rami Malek uh, has a character that popped up in the middle of BoJack. He plays a very paranoid screenwriter who doesn't uh, like to use uh, computers. Because they're watched by the government. Love that little shout out to his Elliot character. I wonder if I wonder if uh, it was Aaron Paul that got him on that. Probably because they're homies. He also voices a bear character that is one of the girl's daughter, the father's. <laughs> so he's a bear, and then he's a very paranoid looking uh, screenwriter. And I think he had just some ancillary. Um, I know that voice anywhere. So BoJack Horseman, I think it's worth it's worth checking out. You know, again. I'll, I'm not giving you guys happy go lucky stuff, you know, like you may I wouldn't sit here and well, I watch all this stuff in a row, but I also uh do drink a lot, so maybe this is why. 
Uh, Snowfall. Nobody talks about Snowfall. I loved it. It was on effects. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I I don't know why people weren't like really buzzing about it, but did you liked it? I liked it, and I remember seeing. I mean, just driving around town, there were there were a lot of billboards for it, but for some reason, it didn't get a lot of press. Yeah, they they did a big huge campaign, and then it kind of fell off. Um, this is John Singleton um, and Eric Amadio and Dave Andrew. And when I saw John Singleton, I was like, I'm in. And basically, this is the story of uh, the crack cocaine, cro- cocaine, the crack cocaine epidemic uh, in Los Angeles during uh, this is the beginning of the '80s, and how they tie it into the Contras, and how they tie it into you know. Uh, what the CIA was doing and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it got started a little slowly for me. And I kept watching because there was the the Latin Freddie Mercury. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I like this character. That's I like right. this actor. That's right. um, I liked, you know, there we're seeing all these stories converge between uh, the Mexican gangs, uh, how this is going to be infiltrated into the black uh, community black gangs as well, what the CIA is doing over here and all these pieces are come together. They didn't quite mesh it together, which I liked. It wasn't ni- uh, nicely wrapped up. So I hope there's a season two. Um, I haven't heard anything out there that could be a season two. Snowfall on effects. Um, I haven't finished watching it, but what's uh, American Horror Story? It seemed interesting. They're still, you know, doing their thing. Cult, this, this yeah, is like that's that right. whole election right, thing, yeah. and I, I like the show for what it is. You know, I think it's it's a high camp, fun show. I don't think they're trying to take themselves way too seriously. I don't know about them teaching us about politics or whatever, but it's just a high camp show for me. You know, it was just their campy take on. I was never the Trump regime. I was and, never really into that whole uh, franchise. The first one kind of blew me away and creeped me out. And after that, I was like, I think I probably liked Hotel a lot. Mm. Maybe a little bit too much Lady Gaga for me. but um, Narcos, I started watching. Season and I hear, two. I hear it's actually fucking amazing. It just got, again, all these shows are getting drowned because there's so many of them. But I was into, I finished the first two episodes and I feel like it was fucking awesome. Okay, because we're now into a different narcos. We're not dealing with Pablo Escobar. Pablo, we're just you know new bad guys. I follow a lot of those guys on Instagram, and they are hilarious. The actors, There's, yeah, the the main campos, not just not 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 just Pedro Pascal, but uh, the other guys on the show are just they're hilarious dudes. You got to follow them on Instagram. <laughs> okay, Ozark, Justin Bateman, um, and Laura Linney have this Netflix show that I liked. I liked it. Yeah. It was a, it was a good time. It wasn't like, you know, I could never get into Bloodline. I think it was just like, oh my God, look, us, we're making serious television on that Netflix kind of show. It kind of just pondered itself, its butthole, way too much for me to even care about it. Ozark is kind of the show I think that... They were trying to do? Maybe. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't say that I could tell you every single frame of it, but it certainly was entertaining as hell. And uh, I liked it. Let's talk about best episodes of 2017. I don't have a long list here. Robot Runtime Error, uh, the allegedly uh, single-take episode where um, Elliot 
and Angela are at dual purposes and cross purposes inside the E-Corp building. And it was actually 31 separate takes, but seamless was the whole goal there. And I think uh, that was one of my favorites. Although I have to tell you, I liked every single episode of Mr. Robot this year. There wasn't one where I was checked out and not invested. And that finale was was nails. That finale was really good. I also loved the opener. I thought the pilot was very strong. It stayed paced with where we are. Um, I know a lot of people roll their eyes at all the Trump mentions, but I loved it. I loved the shitting on Trump. Um, Twin Peaks. Favorite episodes out of Twin Peaks. Anything with Dougie, like anything with Dougie, it doesn't matter what Dougie was doing or not doing any episode. And then obviously episode eight got a light. Um, and the finale. Those are the three stands out. Uh, very well-made television there. Game of Thrones for me was the spoils of war. Um, that was that big, you know, Rhaegar. The loot train. Drogon comes in and, yeah, and just just snuffs out yeah. the entire loot train. Wonderful, wonderful episode. And I also like the Queen's Justice. Got to say, just a Lady Olena just doesn't even get up. Just oh, that was Saint James Battleship. I gotta tell you, Diana yeah. Rigg just she did work and didn't even move. Just drank some poison and was like, peace. Um, Master Nun Thanksgiving again. This is what I was talking about. I was really more interested in Denise's story, and this is her her journey, her coming out journey over several Thanksgivings. Wasn't there a, a New York episode in Master of None as well? Yeah, there was. Yeah. And there was, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I thought that one was a good one too. I like that one as well. Yeah. So yeah, Thanksgiving um, definitely stood out for me. And it's also gotten Lena the, the Emmy as what she deserved. Better things, the two episodes that really stood out to me, The Rising I think is the one that's about the beach um, and then Eulogy. But, but really all of them um, as a whole, it's like she took Sam's feelings, uh, about her life and motherhood and stretched them across all of the episodes. So I felt like the first season of better things, it was all about the individual stories of the characters and how they react to the world. I mean, it's always Sam's story, but this is sort of like we're inside Sam's head and just kind of the hell she's in. Um, Better Call Saul, standout episodes for me were Chicanery and Lantern. Lantern was... Lantern was the, the, the finale, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Woo! That's some dark shit there. Dark, dark, dark. I don't, th- I don't think he's coming back from that. I don't think we're going to see that character again. Uh, Rick and Morty, I had three. Really, I liked all of Rick and Morty. Like, there wasn't a bad one. Um, but the Rick Shank, uh, Rick Dimption, Pickle Rick, just because... I can't stop thinking about Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. None of us can. And the Rick Lantis mix-up where they were going to do another show, and in the writer's room they decided to go do this other thing. I like that it was recognizing its writer's room kind of deviation. The show is self-referential. It breaks the fourth wall. It makes fun of itself. And it's also very human. Uh, American Gods. I don't know what your favorite episode was. I I think all of them were just very, very fucking strong. The pilot came out of the, the gate and was like, Here's where we are. It starts with, you know, the guy going and visiting the woman who's cooking the soup. Yeah. He's like, you're already dead. Yeah. And he weighs her hard against the feather, you know. And then uh, it was the pilot where um, 
where Shadow gets in that bar fight when he meets the uh, the leprechaun. I want to say that's... Or is that like episode two? I, I mean, feel like it's two. Yeah, every single one of those episodes were really good. Because it's really... The first episode was, is like that, that's, you know, we meet this god, the ancient Egyptian, you know, god. Uh, and then we have, you know, him getting out of prison. And meeting up with like Mr. Wednesday, right? Mr. In the in the 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 the, mm-hmm. uh, the line to the, yeah. the thing, yeah. But all the first meetings, it's like I can't even really pick an episode because I feel like it was one big long yeah. serialized movie, and it just was. And we got to see a Nancy and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I also like the uh, the episode about the gin and how he switched over. The Salim, you know, was in the cab and the whole gin thing, and how that that. That affair wasn't in the book, but I like how they put it in there. And again, Fuller, he just did this so beautifully. And um, I don't know, in the hands of a lesser person, how that will go. Or maybe they'll find someone equal, like I said. The Leftovers, man, um, there could be, you could say the whole season, um, but I think the most powerful man in the world and his identical twin brother was pretty strong. Uh, this was the episode where he has to go into their version of the Upside Down and basically make sure he never returns there again uh, with the help of Patty and the Book of Nora, which was the series finale. A very, very strong – where we answer questions. The show answers the questions. It tells you where everyone rent, went. It doesn't necessarily t- tell you the reason why. Um, but I liked that they solved the mystery – and and it was good. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, oh, that's bullshit. Um, Smilf, a box of donkeys and two squirts of maple syrup, which is the opener where we get to meet this very damaged and flawed single mother and meet her child and just see. I've never seen this character before because this is a version of Frankie. And we've always loved Frankie Shaw since Mr. Robot. By the way, Elliot... Revenge, Sheila. Yeah, right. Um, I also liked uh, half a sheet cake and a blueberry, a blue raspberry slushy, and I love family sized popcorn and a can of wine. But really, every episode. Um, what about you? Um, I liked all the episodes. Yeah. I, again, I I don't know the. The titles. It's like with me with my rap songs, I have no idea what the titles of the track are, but you I know, know the song. You know the song when yeah. it comes on. That's my jam. I don't know what it's called. Uh, Mindhunter, I liked the season one finale. Um, there was a lot of moments along the way that were, that makes those episodes particularly amazing, but it's it's really where he lands, where Holden lands at the end of, of episode 10, and, and how powerfully and simply that was done. I was like... Wow. It wasn't – it was it the, just a small thing that happens that means everything. to it, Like you just feel all that he's been doing and thinking and it's taking him to this place. And I'm like – I mean I was right there with him. I felt it with yeah. him. Especially when Kemper stands up. Oh. Um, we were saying Halt and Catch Fire was Who Needs a Guy, but it was the episode that's after Who Needs a Guy. I don't know the name of it. But after the thing happens that we won't tell you about in Halt and Catch Fire, the episode that comes after that one is in the aftermath of that event. Uh, we were we were weepy weepy. Yeah, that was. We I mean, you that. felt all the the emotions, and you were you were like, 
it's happened to me. It will happen to me. This is something real. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it deals with real life shit. And I love the way they handled it. I love the way they handled the whole thing. Like his, okay. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how they all yeah. reacted to that. Right. Yeah. Well, no, or how he, you know. Anyway, so uh, I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Bojack Horseman, the, the step out, the standout episode for me was the Time's Arrow. They just went in this completely different direction stylistically. And I like how the show does this. Um, last season, it was the. The silent episode, underwater episode, they did something with uh, with that on this show. I appreciate them trying to trying things new. I don't like a show just to stay locked in. There are shows that are great at doing the same thing every every you know every season, time in and time out, and they keep viewers and people go to that like an old friend. People used to watch Friends that way and Mash that way or Supernatural or or whatever your show is, you know, Law and Order or NCIS. I appreciate that those TV shows are there as a comfort. It's like something you slip into and. And you can enjoy it, and 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 you can be very invested in those shows too. Uh, but for me, I like a show like BoJack, like Lynch coming back around for Twin Peaks and just doing something kind of unusual. And Ozark, if you want to go back to that show, a standout episode for me was Kaleidoscope, uh, where a lot of um, things converged in that episode. There's a lot of just where the story was about to just everything was going to clash. The way they execute it. The way all of these little things they set up started getting ticked off. Okay. Um, of no particular order, I'm just going to run through this list. Uh, these are things that I really enjoyed as well this year. They're kind of not the also rands, but Future Man on Netflix, hilarious. Fucking loved it. Glitch. Um, a Glitch was good. Like yeah. an Australian version of The Returned. Yeah. A Ride with Norman Reedus has been a lot of fun. I've had, you know, this is just. I like hanging out with Norman Reedus. We like were this. mentioning earlier today that they should have an episode with him and Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It needs to fucking happen. Keanu's been writing since forever. Those guys, I think, would be. That I'd would watch be, a show. I'd of, watch that. I would watch a show with just them in it. Yeah. That's as just compelling as having uh, Dave Chappelle on it. Hell, fucking yes! No. I love that. Was probably one of my favorite episodes so far as Chappelle. Um, there's a little Belgian series called Hotel Beaujolais. Um, loved it about a girl trying to solve her own death. She's a ghost. Crashing with Pete Holmes on HBO. You haven't seen that. Very, very funny. Last Chance You. Last Chance You. That yeah. was gut wrenching. Yeah. You know, football in like American high schools. Was it high school? It was high school. Ju- football. Junior college. Junior college. That's what it was. Uh, and all the characters there. Uh, one Mississippi season two. I did see season one. I enjoyed it. I went right into season two. I thought um, what Tig is doing with that show is amazing. Uh, again, Louis C.K. is attached to the show, but in name only. She made that very fucking clear. And before the Weinstein thing even fell apart, it should be noted that Tig uh, Nataro said this dude has nothing to do with me. When those allegations were starting to bubble up even a little bit, and she demanded that he answer for himself. And he did not until he was forced to. Um, I liked this season of Orange is the New Black, guys. I did. And it was all about Danielle Brooks for me. It was not about the main characters. I'm not as interested in those two characters of Alex and, um, I've already forgotten her name. Piper. Piper, yeah. that chick. I like It's about all, everyone else, yeah. I like the, this Daniela De Jesus character, too. I follow her on Instagram. I fucking love De this Jesus. girl. De Jesus. Yeah, she's, oh my God. I love you, girl. <laughs> Um, and then Chewing Gum was good. It's, uh, just trust me, check it out. Love Season 2 came out. 
as good as the first episode. Silicon Valley didn't grab me as much as it has in the past, but it was still, I'll still watch me some Silicon Valley, man. Uh, the Good Place. I have to admit I haven't finished um, the second season. Is there a second season? I liked the first one. It's very sitcom-y, but I love me some Kristen Bell and I love me some Dad Dancing, so I'll probably finish it. Everybody's raving about it and putting it in their top tens. Um, great. I'm sure it's stellar. Again, I'm not really networky. I enjoyed Preacher season two, although I think New Orleans drug on a, a little, little bit, bit too much yeah. for me. They did that thing where they isolated the characters from each other. And I really just want to see Cassidy do shit. I want to see Cassidy go grocery shopping. I want to see Cassidy, you know, watching cartoons. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really less interested in what goes on with Preacher at this point. And, of course, I think I love Ruth Nega. I love when she's together with Cassidy. I love their Cassidy, little kind of... Cassidy, Tulip, and even Hair Star... Or, or oh my God! Rip Torrens. Can we talk about him? He was great. So there was it was fun, but not every time. It was it wasn't rough to get through. I just yeah, preacher preachers a little bit need to work on giving dominant uh, Dominic Cooper a little bit more. Oomph. But I think that's coming in the next season because we're going back to Texas. We're going to the farm. We're going to go some crazy shit. Vice principals. Am I the only one watching this with Danny McBride and Walton Goggins? It is the most fucked up, bizarre, oddball Danny McBride-ish. It's Danny's created this along with somebody else. It's it's fucking awesome. Um, it's great. Trust me, HBO Vice Principals, watch it. Still watching Ray Donovan. Got to tell you, I'm hanging in there. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, this show kind of needs to be done, right? You know, we we lost a major character. I don't know. I just would like to see Liam Shriver, you know, go do something else with his life and release these other characters. I'm just, I'm over Mickey. I don't want to see any more Mickey. Yeah. I'm fucking done. Dash Miak and those guys, they need to go and do other stuff. But it wasn't terrible. I'm just like, kill it dead. Ash versus Evil Dead, I popped into it. It's still fun. Still fun. Still watching that. This is us. I'm watching it. Hey, it's probably my own only real big networky thing i finally nailed what i think why the show works for so many people every single fucking episode feels like the finale a finale they write it like it's a finale it's wall-to-wall emotional music there's wall-to-wall emotional things happening and i'm a sucker for a finale an emotional finale and i think that's why i that's my little friend that i tune in and go it doesn't matter if everybody's dead you're gonna see them again kind of thing i like it since eight which was canceled um, I think had a really strong season and I enjoyed it and shame on you guys for killing it. Sensei was really great. Grace and Frank- Frankie is still fun. Love Grace and Frankie. It's, it's, I hope they keep bringing it back as long as the girls want to do it. Uh, Vikings got interesting. Still enjoyed that. We watched that, didn't we? SNL has been, um, interesting Saturday Night Live. We've been, um, it's had its moments. I mean, it still has like this dude bro kind of quirky, weird humor stuff going on. But there's been some pretty notable Yeah, well, what was like episodes the funniest, the, the, the one, not one of them, but the, one of the, a lot of the main themes of last week's episode was like fart and poop jokes. I mean, that's pretty much going to be where there are more than two men gathered together in a writer's room. Let there be fart and poop jokes. And I'll let me some fart and poop jokes, dude. I do. 
Uh, I am on the inside, a 14-year-old boy. Uh, we watched All or Nothing. I thought that was a pretty strong series on Amazon that follows the, uh, that follow the Cardinals and the Rams. Which was this season? It was Rams or Cardinals? Season two was Cardinals, right? Yeah, season two is Cardinals, I think. And it made me uh, like the the sports ball a little bit more because I, you know, I can see where people. If you humanize it for me, I'll watch it. For the sport alone, I'm not your girl. Outlander has been exceptionally uh, and exceptionally executed and well made. I mean, I know people are having some problems with the slave uh, storyline, and I hear you on that one. Um, felt that way when I read it in the book. Last Man on Earth, not a show that's ever going to probably rake in any awards. But again, it's one of those I just watch. I just like it. It's it's really silly. Difficult People was great, and then they canceled it. I love Billy Eichner. I'm so sorry about that, guys. I had a good time watching you. Big Mouth was fun. Um, that's an animated show. That's uh, Jordan Peele and, and, and others. Shot in the dark. We just watched this. I didn't even know these guys existed. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to finish it, but you you finished it. Already, yeah, right? and it, yeah. It, it's probably the best episode. Is the finale? You should catch up. Uh, Shot in the dark is about these uh, these three rival companies that they shoot accidents overnight, predominantly stringers. overnight. Stringers, yeah, and they're there to, to to be. I mean, I've lived here what fourteen years, and I didn't know. I just thought that news organizations got those shots of car accidents and shit in the middle of the night. I had no idea that Stringers did that. I mean, I know Nightcrawler exists, and one of the companies, RMG, actually consulted on that. RMG and Loud Labs News. And on scene. Yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, well, that's, you, the way, that's the way the show is making you feel is like, fuck Zach. Cause now, <laughs> and then, in the beginning, we were all like, fuck Scott. You know, yeah. he just seemed like that guy from, you know, Palmdale. And um, now you're like, no, I like this guy because he's like real and he's honest. And um, I love Howard, English gentleman, running around the middle of the streets. And I hope that um, Austin is doing okay. He actually saved a man's life. Got a little PTSD after that. You won't know what the hell we're talking about unless you watch Shot in the Dark. The graphics alone make you watch just just watch a couple of episodes. Yeah, those the, the just the graphics alone, the 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 layout of the city mm-hmm. and how they they play that really gives you. A, if you're in L.A. And you understand what L.A. is. Yeah, really gives you a sense. Well, you know of, what I'm going to do with of our freeway system. I'm going to do this to people who do this. I'm like, I'm going to be in Anaheim. Um, you want to hang out, you know? And like, they give you some stupid frame, you know, time frame. And you're like, do you realize where Anaheim is? And do you realize where I am in Santa Monica? You know, or they're like, I'm staying in Pasadena. Do you want to meet up, you know, at 3.30, you know, in Hollywood? And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. That is hell on earth. So I'm going to just send a link to Shot in the Dark. Or just a clip from YouTube to Shot of the Dark. I go, this is L.A. This is how fucked up this is. You know? I wish it would just scare people from moving here. Uh, Glow loved the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, Allison Brie. Sunita is in this. They're doing a season two, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. She was in it. Um, ensemble cast, lots of fun. Had a good time watching that. You didn't see the wrap-up, but episodes uh, did a series finale. Uh, I thought it was quite satisfying. Not a lot of people appreciated it. It's one of those Showtime shows that I really enjoyed, those two. Uh, and they're like huge in their country um, and very well known there. I, I love them. I don't remember their name right now, but yeah, episodes on Showtime. American Vandal got a lot of um, praise. It was this documentary um, and murder, not murder mystery, docu- documentary mystery 
like a mockumentary, if you will, about um, some dumb, good-looking kid who's accused of spray-painting dicks on the faculty's cars. Um, and how they kind of execute this whole thing is pretty genius. It's it's worth a it's worth a watch. Riverdale, the, I liked the first season for what it was. It was like really fun and campy and kind of hilarious. Uh, second season was kind of lame, but I'll maybe I'll finish it one day. I don't know. Santa Clarita Diet, I had a good time. It was fun seeing Drew come back and. Oliphant do their thing. I don't, it kind of faded in my memory almost as soon as I stopped watching it. Uh, I just know I had it on the list. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple quick things here. Overrated. I don't get it, guys. Big Little Lies is getting all of this um, kudos. I love Skarsgård in it. Um, Nicole Kidman, all the girls, Shailene, Reese, Laura. I just, I feel it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people are just so fainting and jizzing all over this one. It's not bad. It's not terrible at all, but I feel like it's the affair with just amped up, you know, violence and whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe because something happens, um, and at one point, I was just so thirsty for Skarsgård. You think I would love, you know, getting to see his private parts on screen. But I was just kind of, that didn't even keep me around. So I don't know, guys. Disappointing. Can we talk about disappointing? We we actually started to do our podcast for The Walking Dead um, this year, and we just couldn't do it. Um, I don't know what's going on with those guys over there. I feel like there's a couple of people who are involved with The Walking Dead who are smug, I do feel like they are smug about the show. Um, they are ignoring the viewers' wishes. or and not, not that you need to write to your viewers' wishes, but if you're not entertaining them, I don't know what you're here for. Uh, and pulling, it's a terrible show. Pulling cheap shots, like killing a, this character that they killed, uh, what they did with you know Glenn's character, the fake death, and then the actual pulling it off. I didn't mind, like, hey, look, episode 100 predicted that, but the way it was handled... I feel like for a long time now, the show, a, a particular person and maybe another person are just giving us the finger and running away with the money because it's still a lion on AMC, but um, there's a petition to get rid of a certain person on the show. I'm sure that won't go anywhere, but very, very disappointing. And it took me a long time to get here. I, I tried to fight fight for the show in my mind. I'm going to keep watching it, and we even appointment watched it. We have appointment watched the show every season since we started. Picked, we picked up and what like we binged one and two. We've appointment watched it for years. Yeah, and now I feel like I've I've wasted a lot of my time. So we won't be watching the second half. I'll get around to finally maybe one day finishing yeah, season if it, eight. If it, when it all comes out, when it's done this season, all maybe. the way through, um, if I've got nothing to do, maybe I'll put it in. But I'm not going to spend another Sunday evening watching it. No. So I don't know if anybody's listening over there. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you think that that doesn't matter. But, hey, we're done. Um, I had high expectations for She's Gotta Have It. I love the Spike's original joint back in the day. I don't know what's going on with that show. It just feels weird. 
I haven't finished it, so maybe I need to finish it, but I was kind of like, oh. I mean, I feel like it needed to be brought into 2017, and I feel like it was like, nope, we're just going to leave it right back over here in like the 90s. So, I don't know. Uh, Had high hopes for Godless, couldn't get through the pilot. Everybody tells me it's amazing. I just don't see it. I don't feel it, but I haven't finished it, so what do I know? The ones that are on my list to see is Lore. It's a podcast that was adapted to screen. I saw one episode, liked what I saw. John Claude Van Johnson. I don't know if it sounds like a really awesome idea or a really terrible idea. Like I said, I need to finish The Crown. I need to uh, I need to get through like all of the seasons of Blackish. I feel like I would appreciate that show and it would be on my watch list um, every every week. Dark. I'm hearing great things about Dark, but again. <laughs> like my viewing taste, it's the blackest of dark. It starts with uh, a, a you know dude hanging himself. Uh, the Long Road Home. This is about um, American soldiers um, embedded, you know, out, you know, doing their thing. Afghanistan, uh, the war. I want to get around to that. Designated Survivor. Have no idea what it's about, but my that's Frankie Kiefer Sutherland, is isn't it? it? Designated Survivor. <gasps> oh, okay, done. That's off. Uh, Lady Dynamite. Uh, I haven't finished season two. But I love her. I love that show. I grew up with a show called One Day at a Time. It was uh, Valerie Bertinelli um, and Bonnie Franklin, and I watched it religiously. They have done um, a Latino, Latina update of One Day at a Time. So that's on my list to watch. The Get Down, it is a funky series. Uh, The first one was its own kind of weird cat that I quite enjoyed. I started watching season two and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they just changed. I didn't look at the credits. Did they change the showrunner? Did they change the writers? Something went amiss, but I haven't finished it. Easy, I want to see. I don't know if that's good or bad. 3%. Uh, Shit's Creek. I haven't seen this season of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and I'm hearing good things about The Center. Uh, one of our listeners said his most def- favorite show of 2017 was Inhumans. I haven't seen that. I don't know what that is, um, but you guys, maybe you're a lover of that. I don't know. And we're looking forward to, in 2018, the return of Black Mirror. It's actually going to be happening. It's going to air December 29th. All the episodes will be released, but, you know, um, we're doing the podcast now. Westworld probably won't happen until 2019. Game of Thrones probably won't return for the series finale until 2019. We do have Mr. Robot Season 4. We do not know when they're going to... uh, They're in the writer's room right now. We know Rami is doing Bohemian Rhapsody, and Christian Bader is... uh, Christian Bader... Christian Slater is doing his run um, for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. So I guess when they get all that wrapped up, you know, and everybody gets a break... Rami needs a fucking vacation, dude. Go to a tropical island where people don't throw things at you. Um, Smilf Season 2 is coming back. We're looking forward to that. Insecure always... Two dope queens, by the way. Shout out to you guys. Talk about podcast. So amazing, this podcast. If you haven't listened to Two Dope Queens, please go there. They're now turning it into a TV show. I think it's kind of about to come out. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching House of Cards without Kevin Spacey. He's one of the reasons why I don't watch that show. i just never been a huge Spacey fan. Not because anything I knew about him personally, because I didn't. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. And that breaking of the fourth wall and that shitty accent... I will now watch it with Robin Wright um, in the lead. So congratulations to Robin. The Americans, I'm going to watch it every year. Another podcast that's being adapted to screen is Homecoming, and our boy Sam Ismail is going to be putting that together. Um, So that's coming. 
on and on. I'm really worried about how much TV I watch. Um, it, it, I'm looking at this list and saying maybe I should, I should go outside and take a hike this year. Maybe watch a lot less television. Maybe the list of the stuff I haven't seen should be longer than the stuff I have. That's what's striking me. So, anything that was that we left off that you think that we could have given a shout out to? Any little hidden gems? I can't think of anything. Because you don't, you know, without me, do you think if I don't watch, I don't watch nearly the 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 the, the amount. That you do. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, part of this is kind of what I do, right? It's part of for the job to a certain degree. And, that, and, then you, and you have to. Sure. But then some of it is just like, I think I might have a problem. No, I, I don't I think know. I might have an addiction problem here. I think it, 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 is, it goes, it's, you want, it's part of your craft. It's part of what you do. And if you didn't do it, then you would be like, I think maybe I should change my job. That Every saying, other like, amateur who tries to be something and doesn't put in the hard work. I don't know. But I honestly, though, it's like some people I, – I do feel like a lot of this is just people watch sports and they just – they know the stats and they know what's going on. And, and they talk about the trades and they talk about you know who got robbed and, and how the season is going to work out. I kind of feel like that's – this is this is my sports. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You have to be knowledgeable. Yeah, but I do feel like maybe I should – you know. Seriously, should be, do this while I'm walking on a trail. <laughs> just listen to an episode of, you know, the girlfriend experience, which is just basically just people having sex. Um, that's going to be it for the best of. I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, Christmas. Uh, Hanukkah just wrapped up. Uh, Kwanzaa, what else is going on? Yalda. I don't know all my holidays, but um, I hope whatever you're doing that it's uh, it's peaceful for you and you're having, you're enjoying yourself. And uh, that you're healthy and you're happy. That's the most important thing. And if we don't see you uh, into the new year, happy new year. Happy new year. Probably. I don't think we have anything slated for the podcast. So happy new year, guys. And we'll probably see you uh, back here 2018. 2018. Woo! Wait, let me sign off with my, my uh, my new closer.